Hello and welcome to another episode of Went to Mo Kings Meadow. As ever, your host Dean, joined by my co-host Jane. Jane, how are you doing this week? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Dean. How are you? Very well. I'm really excited for this new venture that we've got lined up here. Um, you've probably seen from the title that this podcast will be tactics-based, and we've got Jane. I think the best in the business for this sort of podcast in Mia Everson. Uh, Mia, welcome back. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm good. Enjoying the last days of my vacation. Uh, yeah, we'll be back, on... back to work on Monday. Yeah, what better way to spend your vacation than talking tactics on Went to Mo Kings Meadow? Nothing better. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we get started, Jane, why don't you tell the listeners um, some things they need to know? So a reminder that our summer series, My Daughter the Professional, is available exclusively on our Patreon. Interviews with Steve Cuthbert and Lisa England are live now with more to come. The address for that is www.patreon.com forward slash Meadow. We're producing a weekly newsletter all about the Chelsea women's team. It's free and you can get it by heading to wentsmokingsmeadow.substack.com and entering your email address. You'll get a copy of the newsletter in your inbox every Wednesday. We really want to push our Discord this season. There's lots of debates and discussions in there and we'll be posting lots in there during matches. The link for that is in the description of this episode. And we want as many supporters to help fund the show. So if you enjoy what you hear today, tag us in a tweet, share it on Instagram. And how about leaving a five, us a five-star re- review on Apple Podcast? Yeah, and also what I forgot to add in was uh, fantasy football. We've got our own league with She Plays Australia. Um, you can try and beat my team. You won't do that, but you can try. Jane, you're going to make a team? Yes, I will. I'm going to try and do it over the weekend. It's actually quite hard to pick the players. Mum did hers, Mum did hers today, and I think she had like all Chelsea players, so she was only to start again. <laughs> yeah, I picked... She, like... didn't, she didn't pick any Arsenal or Man City players, because no, she I refuses had, to. Like, Miedemar, Lucy Bronze, uh, Harder... Um, Kirby, and then I looked at the thing and it was like, you've spent a thousand, hundred thousand over the budget. <laughs> so I deleted all that and started again. <laughs> Mia, do you take part in fancy football? Is it something that um, you enjoy doing? Yeah, I actually started the other day, but then I, I ended up having another a hundred thousand to spend. <laughs> Don't know how that happened, but I, I was quite satisfied with my team. Uh, I mean, I, I picked... Uh, a lot of Everton players. <laughs> yeah, so. Mia's, a, Mia's an Everton sport now, if you didn't know that. Uh, but she's going to talk Chelsea uh, just today blue, for Blue us. as blue, right? Blue, blue means lots of things, as yeah. our Twitter <laughs> followers found you out. You know recently. that. <laughs> I know that, but some people didn't know that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but let's talk about why the three of us are here then. Uh, tactics and analysis are massive in football nowadays. Um, so we want to bring some of that to you. Uh, so every month now, Mia will be joining us to review tactical trends of the team, which formations we played, some players, specific roles, and some things that she's noticed. Uh, Mia, why don't you explain sort of what you're currently studying and how that relates to these podcasts and your plans for future episodes? Yeah, I mean, I I started uh, with the photographing uh, of women's football, um, and then. I started to write about it and then 
I'm that kind of person that when I start with something, I want to be, I'm not going to say I want to be, you know, the best in it, but I, I, I do like to know what I'm talking about a little bit. You know, it's just a feeling, uh, but sorry, my mom <laughs> just interrupted. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of a feeling to know what you're talking about. Having some kind of, you know, uh, arguments behind uh, things. Um, and I think football is kind of, it's kind of unique in that way because it, it, it's a lot about opinions. And, and then there's 11 players on a pitch and they all play different positions. Uh, but usually we end, we end up with talking about the one who scores goals, uh, who assists to goals, or like goalkeeping. <laughs> if they don't let any go, if they don't concede any goals, they are good. Um, but I think, I, I, I mean, I look at it in, in some domino effect way. You know, if, if the attackers doesn't, it don't do their job, um, then they're going to put their teammates uh, in the defense uh, into a hard spot. So I think it's, I mean, I take this course now at, um, <laughs> this is going to hurt some some Chelsea fans to say because this is FC Barcelona uh, University and Innovation Hub. They have a lot of courses in sports. Or it can be about marketing. It can be about innovations in sport, fan engagements, uh, nutritions uh, can get educated there, um, physiotherapists. Uh, and then they give a course in uh, football tactical uh, analysis. And then I just saw that and thought that, oh, well, this, this could help me develop my writing. Uh, so I just, I just, you know, kind of clicked yes <laughs> when I saw the, the advertising. This means that social media ads works. Just want to say that. Somehow they, they found me and I just... Um, jumped on the train. I'm very glad I did because it's it's very, you know, I'm a bit. I, I like philosophy as well, and you know, people and and how we interact with each other, and, and I think it's it's a part of what's happening in social media right now when when people have opinions on players uh, when it's bad. I mean, when, when they want to express an opinion of frustration uh, when, some, when a player ha, have, has done something they don't approve with. And so, so that's why I'm taking this course. Very basically, it's um, understanding why a player does what they do in that specific situation. So what their coaches are instructing them rather than she passed the ball, but it went to the opposition. Why was she trying to pass the ball there? In a basic summary. Yeah, that, yeah, that's 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 very basic. But you know, kind of like if you think about, uh, if you go to work, a football a football player goes to work when they play a game. Like we go to work, 
and I mean, I'm not getting my, my head cut off because I'm doing something wrong uh, at work, but football player players does. Uh, and you know, you have to think about what's behind it. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's a lot more to it than, than people uh, know. I know that now because I'm, I'm two months into this course and, and I've, I've learned a lot about it, so. Yeah, and hopefully over the course of the podcast that we do, that learning that you've had will sort of be passed through to, to myself and Jane and the listener as well. Jane, I think it's sort of fair to say that your tactical knowledge out of 100, would, would 10 be a fair score? Yeah, it's, it's not very good in all honesty. If you was to ask me to talk, ta- talk tactics about a, pl- about a player, I probably wouldn't have a clue what to even say. Yeah, so I'm going to mute Jane now. So if you don't hear her for the rest of the podcast, that's why. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Uh, so the reason I say that is that you know, the reason behind doing podcasts like this is to you know inform ourselves and inform others. And hopefully we all can learn from Mia being our teacher along the way. Um, so we'll kick off the series with a look at last season. Um, Chelsea using 4-2-3-1, the majority of the open of the season. Mia, perhaps explain the roles that Chelsea used you know, for the fullbacks and that double pivot and perhaps the forwards and how that fit in with the players, especially with new signing, um, Pinilla Harder, and how that sort of all worked together. Yeah, I think, I mean, first of all, um, people have to realise that um, bringing in players this late, I mean, it's going to happen in Chelsea this year as well. Um, players are going to come back late to join for preseason. They they might not have a preseason, uh, and during the preseason, you look at the season before, and you um, probably will take uh, the things that were good um, with you into the new season. Um, the things that were less good, you will probably either work on or scrap. Uh, so I think, I mean, if we're going to look at Chelsea last season, Panilla Harder got like, I don't know, two training sessions <laughs> with Chelsea before it was time for Man, C- Man United. Um, and then she got subbed on in that game. I mean, you have already decided uh, at that time uh, which formation you are going to play uh, and what roles people are going to have on the pitch uh, playing that um, that formation. So I think that's what we saw. Uh, and if we're going to be honest about this, I mean, paying a lot of money for a player, don't bring a player in to, to uh, let that player sit on a bench. Uh, also, you have to take, I mean, I mean into consideration that uh, players joining new teams, they want new challenges, opportunities, and, and uh, maybe even like challenge themselves a little bit to see what they are capable of uh, outside, outside their own comfort zones. Um, I think uh, Chelsea has have a, a luxury problem. Uh, they have a lot of good players, so that's why players need to play uh, in positions 
they need to have roles that they probably normally haven't uh, had before. And I think that's that's what we saw. I mean, I can't say I have seen um, a lot um, from Melanie Leopold's as well, but I'm, I'm quite sure that she also has been played in new positions uh, during her first season with Chelsea. So I think, uh, I think that's what we saw. And with that in mind, I think that, that was, it was a very successful season, not just because they won the league and, and uh, reached uh, the Champions League final, uh, but just because of the fact that if you look at it, uh, no, pre-season, no preseason at all for some players, uh, and the players were challenged um, in new positions, like G, who has been in Chelsea um, for many years. Yeah, you speak about you know, the challenge, and I suppose when they switched the four four two, the diamond midfield, you know that in essence, you know, tested players sort of Aaron Cuthbert coming into the the midfield too. Uh, Guru Wright and sometimes playing at the top of the diamond, perhaps not um, natural to her. But we sort of nicknamed Chelsea sort of tap tap boom sort of early in the season. And so sort of, this is the perfect formation for that, wasn't it? Because it was all about getting the ball forward as quickly as possible, not messing around with it at the back at all, just getting forward to the forward three and then letting them do you know the work. Yeah, and, and from what I have learned. <laughs> And, and when I've been talking to people and, and doing my, my education, this is very English. Um, this is a very English type of football. Very straight, very direct. Uh, just take the ball and go for a goal. Um, so I think in that way, Chelsea managed, managed to do, do it 100% uh, throughout the season. But... Um, I mean, then if you look at it, uh, then, then you see Chelsea were very good and on top of things from the beginning of the season. Uh, the second placed uh, team, Manchester City, uh, they were not. But when Chelsea and Manchester City met um, and were up against each other for the, for the match that we call the title decider, uh, then you could see that Manchester City probably uh, had developed uh, a little bit better than Chelsea had. Uh, now, also opinion-based, because this is about the fact that Chelsea had Magda injured, for example. Uh, and then it was the Champions League. Manchester City were out of the Champions League uh, by this time. Um, and, and then when team selection is about, okay, who, what players will be rested ahead of this game, uh, that prob- problem <laughs> did Manchester City not have. But I mean, um, based on that match, I think, uh, I think that Manchester City had developed their game uh, a little bit further than Chelsea had. Chelsea played the same football that had had been a success uh, all through the season. Yeah, Jane, sort of as an eye test without sort of 
looking to back us up with stats and anything like that. What, what do you prefer watching, sort of? A team that plays with the ball and tries to build up from the back or a team that's just direct and it's all about getting you know the ball into the net as quickly as possible? I think I prefer watching it like the second way, getting the ball, getting the goals as quick as possible. I find it more sort of not, I find it more entertaining. Like it's a lot faster paced than just watching them get the ball. It's, I prefer to watch them get the ball, get the goals and job done. Yeah, that, that is obviously personal preference, you know, that people will have... They just want to see Chelsea attack and try and score. And you see a lot of sort of long balls from Magda and Millie, don't you, Mia? Sort of, it's all about, they don't even sort of use the midfield in any way with the ball. They try and bypass that as quickly as possible. Using sort of wide players obviously helps with those diagonal balls. Do you think Chelsea will look, sort of look to switch from that diamond out to sort of with wide players? I think you have to look at what, what opposition you're playing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say this now because last night um, Barcelona played uh, Lyon uh, in this preseason tournament in the U.S. and Alexei Baceta, she tweeted a sequence when Barcelona played themselves themselves out of a really high pressure from Lyon from their own corner flag basically, and this is kind of fundamental for how. Uh, if you watch a play a, a team uh, in the build-up, so Chelsea, they they don't gonna have to play themselves themselves out, out of high pressure uh, that many times in the in the women's super league in England because they are having uh, that um, they have the upper hand in that department against most teams, even yeah, against we, Arsenal. What we would call mean, a low block. So the yeah. teams are sitting on their penalty area, basically, and then you've got to try and break them down. Yeah, and that you do that by, by, by doing what Chelsea did. The tap, tap, boom. Just go for it. Uh, playing around and, and slow in, in a low block, that won't work. But this, um, this is what happened, you know, versus Manchester City. Chelsea got pressed and pushed back because Manchester City did that. And then they, they draw, you know, 2-2. <laughs> um, so if, if you start looking at games uh, with, with that pair of glasses on, then you will notice these, these things. And then we saw them obviously in the Champions League final not cope with a press at all. They sort of crumbled immediately um, under Barcelona. Um, let's move on to some sort of specific players. And I want to go back to Penilla Harder uh, because I've written about her with your help, Mia. Um, she hasn't really played the same role as she did at Wolfsburg. We've spoken about her off air, um, but perhaps you could explain to listeners about how Chelsea could look to maximise her output this season. Yeah, I mean, it, it was in that article you wrote, uh, I, I got some comments, uh, you know, they, they from people in Denmark that actually, you know, copied the link into me in DMs and on Twitter and said, this is spot on. Uh, and it, and of, of course, it's spot on if you have looked um, at Penilla Harder play before. But I mean, we, we went back to Lynchoping days with that. 
because I, I, I actually listened to a technical podcast with one of her old teammates, uh, René Slegesh, who is now a head coach in Rosengård, who played with Pernille Harder in that team. And she explained how they played. Uh, and in Sweden, you, you played a 4-4-2 uh, most of the time uh, in the Damalsvenskan by then. And then Martin Sjögren came along and, and then he sort of introduced the um, 4-2-3-1 system for Linköping. But they had different strategies in how to take the ball into... How, how did you actually, you know, said this in English? Spel yta två. Do you remember? Space two. Yeah, yeah it was zone two. So basically... Yeah. Zone two. Not the penalty box, uh, just a bit, a bit below the penalty box, but above the halfway line. Yeah, uh, exactly. If you split the pitch into three. And this is where uh, Lynn Trepping used Penilla Harder um, 100%, because she was an expert to, to get the, the ball going into, into this space we're talking about. And then they had different strategies to... to create the space for Pernille Harder to you know, bring, bring the ball forward uh, from under. And I think, I mean, just, just looking at um, uh, when Chelsea played Glasgow um, last week, I think we could, I mean, it was, um, if, you're, if you have watched Pernille Harder play uh, for a long time, that, that game was pretty enjoyable to watch. Because it was obvious that she was the one with that. I won't say. I I I don't think she was the one that was going to do it for Chelsea. Uh, but when you have a player like that on the pitch, you see what she can do uh, by just being there. I yeah, mean, oops. we have Bethany England, we have Erin Cuthbert. They they're both great players, but she just gets it done um, without no fuss. Yeah, I think I said after the game that we should be building this team around putting it harder as the vocal point so you sort of give her the tools to create stuff. In that game against Rangers, we played with three at the back and win backs. In your opinion, what's sort of best suited in WSL to get the best out of her playing the three at the back system or using a 4-2-3-1 so she can operate in that zone where she is so effective. Yeah, I think, again, I'm going to be very humble about these question, questions you're asking me now because it's it's about the players around. Uh, in the starting 11, I will never say that, that football is around one player because I think that that opinion has, has been coming up very often when we are talking about Penilla Harder. Uh, oh, you, you football is about... the. 11 players, not just Penilla Harder, but this is the thing, if, if you use uh, every player's strength uh, to maximize it 100%, uh, I think you can work wonder with, with a team. Um, and I mean, I've, I've mentioned this game before, but, but the game versus Arsenal, um, when Chelsea won 3-0, I mean, it was not even a discussion about uh, what teams, what uh, team was going to win that game. It was Chelsea. 
uh, and then and and I think that players like Frank Kirby and Penilla Harder can score goals from a very low xG and and if if, if people don't know what xG is uh, that it's like if you watch uh, go back to watch some goals that Penilla Harder uh, have scored you can, you can watch the first goal she scored uh, versus Arsenal long distance shot along the ground many uh, defenders in front of her uh, and she just like it wasn't even a shot i mean she just saw oh it's it's an open space i i i tried to to, to score a goal um and then i i think that xg was like 0.03 or something, and that's very low, uh, which means that a player like her, uh, in the way that Lynn Schöping uh, did use her, they know that she is a good player to get the ball to into a, to create chances to score, but she can also score goals herself uh, from low XG. And then you look at players, uh, other players, uh, can they score goals from low XG chances? Or do they score when the opportunity is given? Do you know what, what I'm coming from? Yeah, it's from making this, sense. Yeah. yeah, but XG obviously expected goals uh, where you take a shot gets a numeric value based on where you are on the pitch. And then you have a number at the end that the goals are expected to score from the shots you've taken versus what your actual goals were. Um, for, for example, the men's team beat Crystal Palace 3-0. Their expected goals was less than one. So they weren't expected to score one goal, but they scored three. So you can outperform or underperform. I'll find the link that explains perhaps that in, in better yeah. detail than what I've just said there. But Jane, I mean, th this sorry. is... I'm going to add something to this now because then then we will going to have... If we, if we think it think on it based on that, is Penilla Harder a player you should play in a position as top striker when, when it's obvious that the striker will have uh, chances uh, that probably will have high XGs? Or will you play her a little bit behind them uh, to add the chances to score, even if, if the XG... Uh, is kind of low when she aims and shoots. And without having the stats to hand, I'd imagine Sam Kerr's XG is probably higher than her actual goals. Even though she scores an awful lot of goals, she also missed an awful lot of chances from good areas. Um, obviously, I don't have those stats to hand to, to back that up. But if you understand the point that Mia's making in relation to Harder being away from goal compared to Sam Kerr being closer to goal. Uh, let's move away from XG and move on to another player, Jane, who I've mentioned already in Guru Raiton. When she played at the top of the 4-4-2 diamond, I don't think she was very effective, but we saw against Rangers, she linked up very well with Pernilla Harder. Everyone says that she should play, uh, but there's so many players in the team. Would you suggest just using sort of a, a, a formation which uses wide players either as a wing-back or a winger? to accommodate perhaps you know, her, Lauren James, for example? 
I did like the way they played against Rangers in the positions like with her and Peniel. I think when you try and play in a different formation, it then puts not sort of pressure on players to play in a position they're not used to. I like prefer to see players play in their natural positions than putting them out and hoping they'll be able to be all right and do well. Yeah, I think that's the issue with having you know, a stacked squad where you've you've got to try and just shoehorn players in. I suppose the example for that is 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 G being moved back to accommodate Penilla Harder. And you've also got Jesse Fleming who just won gold at the Olympics. If you're gonna play her, you play her where you play Penilla Harder, I suppose. And if you've got Penilla Harder, perhaps you're not gonna play Jesse Fleming every week. So either you rotate or or somebody's not happy. Uh Mia, is there any other players you wanna sort of go into a bit more detail on anyone in particular? I mean, I would like to say that that Frank Kirby and Pernille Harder, they are similar uh, in the way they perform. Uh, I w- Probably if G would have been played in, in the same positions, she would also probably would have been similar to them. Uh, and as you say, Jesse Fleming uh, as well. So I think it's, I mean, what kind of struck me when I watch, uh, watched uh, the Rangers game was that Guru Reiten is perhaps the first player in Chelsea that have played uh, the ball forward when Penilla Harder has pointed, play it here. Um, most of the players, no, I'm not going to say most of the players because this is probably not true if we're going to look at stats and look at every game. But uh, the experience of it from it is that when Penilla Harder has uh, made her runs uh, forward and pointed to where she she would like to have the ball, uh, the ball has gone um, back instead of forward. Uh, and I really enjoyed watching Guru Raiten very natural uh, in the way she she just assisted Penilla Harder that way. Yeah, I enjoyed watching her actually run at defenders and take defenders on. I think I sort of got into the mindset that she's not a winger that sort of runs at defenders. She'd like to get the ball to her feet and play the pass, but she can do both, both things, which sort of was a reminder to me. Jane, we spoke to Erin's dad, Steve, he spoke about her being defensive midfielder in her early career. The forward area is very heavily occupied, but we do miss someone with energy in the midfield too, especially if you play G there. Could that be a future for Erin? Sort of being sort of because we use the midfield to win the ball or to press. We don't use it to sort of build the attack. So the, could that sort of suit Erin you know, really well to having someone with loads of energy running around pressing really high? I think it would suit Erin. I think if she wants to sort of stay at Chelsea and have the most playtime she can possibly have, she's obviously not going to be able to start in the forward section just because we've got too many players to accommodate. And I think she would do well with like her energy she's got. She'd be able to run around and stuff like that. And I think where she sort of started playing as that sort of role, I think she would be able to work her way back into it to get like the better out of her. Yeah, another piece I wrote for the Chelsea Social, I'm going to plug all my work here, 
was about the players that sort of won from the players being away at the Olympics. Erin's one of them because she's been involved in pre-season from the start. She's played in every game. So, you know, those coming back like Sophie Ingle perhaps are going to be behind her for a little while in the pecking order anyway, so she could really cement her place. Mia, you mentioned G a couple of times. In the big games, playing her further back just didn't work for Chelsea. We see in the first leg uh, against Wolfsburg, Chelsea got overrun. We see it at times against Bayern Munich as well. What does the future hold for her? She's one of the more senior players of the team. Is it sort of phasing her out, sort of as they did with Carly Telford and having her just as part of the squad? Or do you think Emma Hayes is going to use her still next season further back? I mean, uh, obviously, it's it's. Um, I think that's a very hard question because I think that, like I said in the beginning, uh, defending uh, in in a football game doesn't start with the defenders. It starts with with uh, the players playing up front. But if you had have uh, if you have the bad luck. It, to have uh, the opponents uh, getting to attacking uh, positions, then you have to have players that can stop um, stop them from from doing what they want. They want to score, um, and I think, I mean, uh, that Wolfsburg uh, Champions League game, yeah, that domino effect uh, it did hurt Chelsea's uh, defense. Because then we could see Chelsea's defense flaws, um, and then you look at a player like Aaron Cuthbert, who is like you know a little wrestler uh, in a good way, uh, who is um, very natural in her movement back to, to you know track back. Uh, that's, I think, it's important to have those players playing at the right time. You have to know your opponents. Um, and I think, I mean, we talked about it before Chelsea played Wolfsburg. I mean, we, we said that, yeah, they're going to attack down the flanks and they're going to make a lot of crosses. I think they, they uh, over those uh, two ties, they made 60 crosses. I mean, that, that's kind of telling for how, how much did the midfield protect uh, the fullbacks. Um, so it's about that. I think Chelsea have a lot of attacking uh, creative players. Uh, are they going to play uh, all of them this season? Well, they can. I mean, it's a lot of cup, cup games. It's the Champions League. It's the league. They can play, uh, but they can't play every game. Because you have to look at the opponents. What opponent uh, type of opponents are we, we facing? Yeah, I think that Wolfsburg game actually is, is good for maybe getting a better understanding of analysis. You spoke about the fullbacks being overrun. Uh, and they bore the brunt of most criticisms of the fullbacks aren't good enough. They're getting round every time. But if you look at the bigger picture, were they getting the help from the person in front of them? No. Was there instruction to push high? Yes. So as a result of that, this is what happens. 
and perhaps if you, we're looking more than just what's happening in the moment, you'll understand perhaps more of a sort of the tactical side of things. I mean, um, I mean, if if you have a fullback that is very good at defending, then uh, these things uh, might have uh, have not been a problem. But if you know what type of fullbacks you're having, you know the type of fullbacks uh, you have for selection, then you can't blame the fullbacks if if this if, if this happens. That's my point. Uh, I mean. That's why you have to, to, to look at what, what, what positions uh, will be crucial to um, stop the opponents from doing this and that. Uh, and, it, and it's easy uh, to watch a game and, and look at it and, and say what you're saying. Yeah, Chelsea got over, overrun uh, and outplayed uh, on the flanks, but why? And what can they do to change it uh, with by changing players in the starting exile? Yeah, why is a very good question, I think, to ask every time you you see something and you want to understand it, you know, why. Um, you know, without sort of going into players, because some players haven't come back from the Olympics yet, some players don't want to come back. Um what are you expecting when Chelsea take on Arsenal on the first game of the season? Four at the back, three at the back. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a very, very tough game for Chelsea. Um, because, uh, I mean, don't know if you watched uh, Arsenal play uh, the Champions League the other day, um, but it's very obvious that they are going to play more like Wolfsburg uh, than, than before. Um, so I think it first it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be one of the toughest games Chelsea probably have ever played versus Arsenal in, in uh, the beginning of the season. Um, and I do think that uh, Chelsea will play uh, with four at the back. I can't see them, you know, playing three centre-backs at, at the back uh, this soon. But yeah, I, do expect, I do expect them to, to play uh, with more, the full-backs being more wing-backs. Yeah, obviously Arsenal play in that game. They were a full strength, really, so their players are back from their international duties and the training and are probably going to be much fitter then. The eleven that we can assemble in what is it? Just under two weeks' time now, when we go to the Emirates. Like you said, it's going to be a big game. Jane, what's your your takeaway from today's session? Because it's all about learning and engagement here. Do I need to? Oh, how do I word it? I had it in my head, but all the words just didn't come out. Um, Which is not good I for a podcast. No, um, I can't even think what I was going to say now. I had I'm, it ready I'm glad went... you, you think this way as well, because I think that all the time when I'm going to speak English and translate it to, from Swedish. I literally to went to say it and all the words just didn't. Um, oh. Translating it from Swedish to English is a bit different from English to English, though. 
just a bit. I'll be honest, I don't even know what I was going to say now, but my tactic, tactical knowledge compared to Mia's is shocking. Let's put it that way. <laughs> a lot of people are in the same boat, including myself. Uh, yeah. Mia, I suppose for listeners and Joe Jane that perhaps don't have that understanding, do you, do you watch the game differently now and, and what's something that someone could do when watching a match to maybe get a better understanding? Yeah, uh, my best tip uh, for this is if you're going to watch it, watch a game uh, and analyse it, you have to watch the game in 15 minutes phases to see patterns, uh, how a team plays. So when, when 15 minutes have, you, you can set a timer actually <laughs> uh, when you watch a game. Then when 15 minutes has, has uh, gone out, then you, you think of it, okay, now it's, it's another game of 15, 15 minutes. Because uh, during these 15 minutes all the time, you're going to see patterns to learn how a team plays tactically. You're going to see how they build up, you know, from the back. You're going to see how, how they choose to, when, if, if they uh, come into this space we're talk, we were talking about uh, earlier, um, the space uh, in front of the box, how, how do they play? And if you watch 15 minutes and then 15 minutes again, you're going to see, oh, they're doing that again. They're doing this again. Um, this player move, moves here. Uh, again, when when these players uh, have the ball uh, and sort of, so I think, I mean, if I watch a game as a fan uh, to a team, like when I watch Chelsea play, I don't watch it to analyze it because if I want to do that, I watch the, the game the day after and then I set my timer on this 15 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, so if you see Jane at Kings Meadow in the future with a stopwatch, um, that's what she's doing. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be at the minutes. Arsenal game at the Emirates, and my alarm will go off every fifteen minutes, and everyone will just look at me. I'll be like, right, I just got, just got to do this. <laughs> <laughs> got to get my tactical knowledge up. Yeah, well, I hope that you know our listeners' tactical knowledges can improve through these series of episodes. Uh, like I said, we're going to do every month with Mia looking back at the games that have happened, um, some trends that. You know, Mia's noticed and perhaps Jane's noticed or I've noticed as well about how Chelsea are playing you know, offensively and defensively. Um, if you've got any questions, you know, send them to us and we'll you know, put them to Mia to answer them in the next episode. Uh, Jane, always a pleasure. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this new format of episode. Yeah, hopefully by the end of next season, I'm going to be like on it with tactics and everything. You'll be on the course that Mia's doing now, this time next year. Who knows? Just need to save up, is what I would add to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mia, uh, thank you for, <laughs> for joining us and sharing your knowledge. Uh, welcome to the family, sort of a part of the show. Another addition to Wentimo Kings Meadow. Yeah, I mean, you're Swedish, I'm Swedish. Uh, and Jane, you will be Swedish too, soon. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> paint ourselves blue and yellow to celebrate <laughs> uh, that is all we've got time for join us again soon we've got our season preview for Chelsea coming up uh, more tactical episodes uh, more for our uh, My Daughter the Professional series 
um, just more content. So hopefully you're enjoying it. Anything you want to hear, let us know. Anything you don't like, um, keep to yourself. Uh, but until next time, Chelsea fans, from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep that blue flag flying high.